She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. And I'm so excited to have Alex Yegorov back on our show. He's from biohackbody.com. One of my favorite people. I feel like we're so much on the same page with so many things. And today we're talking about all kinds of things, not only how to lose the weight, but to maintain it, how to keep it, losing it, how to get out of that rut you've been in. We're going to talk about some different hacks. So I'm so excited. Alex, tell us a little bit about yourself for those who have not quite met you. Thank you, Chantal. So first of all, I want to say big thank you. I'm so appreciative you have you having me second time already on your show. And the second thing, I want to make it very, very clear up front. My mission, my main goal for this call, for this interview, uh, is to bring the best energy, the best, the best mental energy, emotional energy, my the best knowledge that I can possibly just pull at a given moment. So uh, let's get started. And yeah, first time when we jump on our call about maybe six months ago or something, we did talk about health, about weight loss, about fasting, different stuff, but we missed kind of on the point of my story. And uh, I tr- I'm going to try to keep it very, very simple and short and sweet because I can talk a lot about myself and it's not really cool. So first of all, uh, about nine years ago, I, I believe it's 2012, uh, I wanted uh I wanted to gain some muscles and I want to get this confidence with uh, women and whatnot, you know, so I was kind of skinny guy. I was using drugs back then. I was uh, working nine to five as a minor. Uh, I was uh, uh, alcohol, uh, abusing alcohol every single day. I was smoking two packs of cigarette days and I can go on and on with all of my addictions and whatnot, but life wasn't that successful wasn't that happy for me back then i was living in a little town uh in the uh in the middle of nowhere in the middle of ukraine and in the middle even for ukraine standards it was in the middle of nowhere so uh i just want to get some confidence uh just improve my self-esteem at least some area of my life supposed to be i don't know not that uh not that bad you can say so what I did is I started lifting some weights here and there. I started studying this so-called fitness thing, and I thought it's health fit first. So uh, anyways, uh, the point is, as I was starting doing that, uh, I found myself eating 10, 12 times a day for growing those muscles. At least that uh, was the uh, fitness guru advices back then. Like right now, it's everything changing, obviously. Uh, but back then, that's what happened. And I remember I didn't feel good as well as bloating and whatnot. And sure enough, I gained some uh, some some muscles, but mostly it was fat. Uh, so I've gained weight. Now I found out myself looking not the way I wanted to look. Uh, the confidence a little bit increased, sure. But then uh, again, self-esteem drop and whatnot, because now you overweight. And this is where my weight loss journey began. And it took me forever it took me so many years to figure things out to start learning how to actually gain muscle the right way how to lose this weight and do not lose muscle for example right how to improve uh first it started from the fitness for the lifting and, and whatnot exercising but then you know if you get one a healthy habit you slowly start moving in the direction to other ones so you start slowly eating more properly slowly starting looking for different diets different way of uh of eating and whatnot and slowly i start overcoming different challenges in my life including alcohol addiction it took me 19 years to overcome alcohol and cigarette addiction so i did have some adversity in my life uh 
nail biting, if we calculate that one, it's also was big one about 20 years. I finally free from that. And there's plenty of things, uh, drugs and whatnot. But as I was improving my life, I start more and more uh, into this, uh, the whole healthy lifestyle. And I start more kind of looking for the ways to biohack my body, to improve my energy, vitality. Now muscles wasn't the priority for me. I wasn't already doing this crazy 12 meals a day, bodybuilding, whatever was it. Um, I was starting diving into, hey, I want to feel great. I want to feel energy. I want to still looking good, but not as much muscles, not, not as much of this sort of uh, strength or whatever. And uh, this is where I start diving into the bulletproof diet, paleo diet, a keto diet, intermediate fast. And I start experimenting and playing with different things. And um, what I found, uh, bulletproof diet is pretty good. It's uh, keto is pretty good. Paleo, to be honest, all of them were good. Uh, uh, but the problem was, and the intermediate fasting is obviously was the ba the best thing that I actually stick afterwards. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that today. But the point is, I found for myself things that really, really work. And then I start tweaking from that, improving little things here and there, here and there, and uh, make this balanced uh, lifestyle for myself instead of dieting. But again, it took me quite a while, eight, nine years to figure things out, because the biggest part of it, uh, intermediate fasting definitely helped, stop snacking definitely helped, stop eating junk food definitely helped. But uh, one thing that I figured, um, it doesn't matter what tool, doesn't matter what strategy you use. If your mindset, if your emotional state, if your emotion and mindset, your belief system not in the place, if you didn't change your identity, right, this physiology, sorry, the psychology, then you're always going to get back to your binge eating or uh, junk food eating and things like that. So I've kind of struggled with that big time. And again, uh, I, I would go to different programs. I would uh, improve different areas of my life as I go, because I'm actually into self-development and uh, learning, improving all areas of my life. It just so happened that body and uh, body mastery, health mastery, it's one of the, one of those uh, main areas. And uh, as I told you, I've been working a lot on that one. And as I was shifting my mindset, as I was uh, implementing those different programs, different books, different knowledge that I've gone through, different YouTube channels and whatnot, I was able to find all of those voices in my head, all of those, I'm talking about belief system right now, right? All of those beliefs, all of those, I don't know, you can say demons, all of those programs, patterns, the way we think on autopilot. And I start more and more training my focus and catching them and separate from real true me. Meaning when I see uh, the thought is coming, hey, it's not going to work. Hey, your YouTube channel not going to work. Hey, nobody going to buy your program. Hey, you're not going to succeed. Hey, look at your accent. You're not going to make it work. Hey, Alex, you loser. Hey, you this and that, you know all of this BS in your head. And uh, when I was able to separate and cut it off uh, and start priming myself daily with daily routine, then this, this is where it's all clicked together. And now, of course, I'm implementing healthy nutrition. I'm very big on that one. I'm implementing intermediate fasting, alternate fasting, prolonged fasting, water fast, uh, sorry, dry fasting, many, many things. Uh, and this is where things actually became really, really great. And that's how I was able to uh, share my successes, my stories uh, uh, with the people and yeah, things like that. I love the name of your website to biohack the body. And I think everyone is trying to do that. They're trying to come up with these kind of hacks that they do that kind of increase the weight loss. And 
I also like to say there's systems that you put in place because systems is what gets you to the next level. And to me, I love the system of intermittent fasting. I've just learned that you know, I don't eat before usually one o'clock, you know, if I, if someone wants to take me out to lunch, I'm not eating before one o'clock. And I will tell you, it's funny because one of the things that one of the guests had talked about, uh, was talking about changing things up. Like if you go to the gym all the time, um, you know, you want to change things up. And so I guess I had it in my head and I feel like it was that voice coming at me. It was like, we had gone to a breakfast and normally I would just sit there and not eat anything. And this time I was like, I'm going to go ahead and get, I'll have some breakfast. And I will tell you, I ended up eating twice as much as what I normally eat because it just kind of like started me going. And then I just was kind of like, oh, well, you already had breakfast. You might as well have this. And it just, all those negative thoughts came out to me. I felt miserable the whole day. And I was thinking to myself, I am not like, that is one thing I cannot do. I, you can change things up, but for me, that was just a, ended up being a terrible day. So I want to hear kind of a day in the life of Alex. What does that look like? Like, what time do you start eating? What are you eating? Let's kind of dig a little bit into your, your routines and your systems that you have. Okay. So most of the time I do alternate fasting. Uh, in the past, Five years since I started practicing intermediate fasting and different kind of fast, I've been doing OMAD a lot. I've been doing intermediate fasting every single day. And what I found actually that uh, it might stall your weight. It might um, slow down your metabolism. If you, if you have a lot of weight and if you are going for the long run, uh, which is not exactly with me, but the point was is I've learned that cutting calories is very similar to, let's say, uh, every day in doing intermediate fasting. So what I decided, I decided alternate that. So one day I have breakfast, the next day I don't have breakfast. So for today, for example, I did have breakfast. I did wake up, did my uh, morning routine, did my cardio, done uh, some aerobics, some incantations. So I like to combine my physical activities with training my beliefs and my emotions at the same time. I don't like to waste time. I like to, I know not not everything can be multitask. We are human creatures. We are very focused, laser focused on one thing. But hey, I can run, I can jog, or I can walk and do my incantation, uh, affirmation, whatever, whatever you you name it. So when it comes to the fasting protocols, again, mostly lately I'm doing alternative fasting, and sometimes I go for two days uh, intermediate fasting, minimum skipping my breakfast, I like to break my fast at two, right after the workout is done. Uh, I like to break my fast most of the times, but again, I'm shifting things around and I absolutely got your point on uh, when you got your routine settled, when you have your systems, you have your habits, sometimes it might bite you in the back if you're going to change them. Sometimes it helps you to improve things, to get better results, especially if you got some weight loss, uh, uh, plateau, hit the plateau or things like that. Uh, but in your case, you start beating yourself up. And what I found with myself, especially after binge eating for how long? Four years or something? That's crazy. I've been binge eating for over four years. And what was a really big change for me is when I, uh, even though if I, Let's say I set up the rule for me. Hey, never, ever going to be using uh, food to change my state. Never, ever I'm going to be using uh, food and never, ever, I mean, never going to go over limits and never going to binge. And then it happens. We're all humans and it happens. What I'm going to do after that, what I fail, I'm going to beat myself so much 
I'm gonna literally <laughs> mentally beat myself so much and all of those limiting beliefs pops up and what I do the next day, I'm gonna go and binge even more. And then the next day, this is the rut that I was talking. And for you, it can, might be not binge eating necessarily. For you, it might be junk eating. Uh, just a little bit here and there, but it's very important to when you lower your standards once in a while. For example, you have standards eat every break, uh, every breakfast, skip every breakfast, and fast every day, and then all of a sudden you got the urge and you had your breakfast. So okay, that's failure for you. I got it. But what you can do is to first of all forgive yourself, realize that you did mistake. Sure enough, but you're a human being. It's okay. You forgive yourself and what you can do right now at this very moment, instead of beat yourself up, you can change it right away, put your standards back to where it was and start from the very, make a clear decision to keep on following your own rules, your own standards. That was a big one, but sorry, I digress. You ask, what's my routine? Usually I eat two, three meals a day. Sometimes I do one meal a day, which is on mat. Depending on the day, as I said, during the given week, I usually would go, let's say today was breakfast, tomorrow would be two meals a day uh, and uh, about 17, 18 hours. Usually I eat within six, seven window. And the next day I'm going to go and I'm going to have one, one meal a day. I'm going to go and eat, well, a lot less, obviously. Uh, so I'm spicing things around and not getting my body completely get uh, get attacked, not attached, sorry, completely get uh, to this routine because if body will get uh, used to this routine, for how body sees if you fast every day, for example, what I figured, it's going to slow down your metabolism. It's going to look at that. It's like you're cutting calories slowly. You know, it's not really working long term. Sure enough, one month, one and a half month, this system going to work. But if you consistently cutting your calories, that's going to, the weight loss going to stop. Same, I believe, with intermediate fasting. If you consistently shrink your window and just eat, let's say, 16 hours a day, and it's every single day like that, your body not going to notice that you're fasting anymore. At first, it's stress. First month, second month, and then body just adjusts and get used to it. And now it sees it as a just calorie deprivation. And it might start into this crazy mode where it starts slowing down your metabolism and things like that. But again, everybody, everybody is different. It's just the rule of thumb that I usually follow. So that's one of the reasons I stop fasting every day. But I go as I feel. If today I feel like I want a breakfast, I will go and have breakfast. Sometimes I will just have some uh, healthy cappuccino, make myself with just coconut milk and the cocoa powder and erythritol or stevia. Uh, obviously, it's breaking a fast. Uh, no surprise here. But that's the way I go. And where the other days I would go and skip completely my lunch and my breakfast and I would just do one meal a day. And sometimes, of course, I'm adding like 24, sorry, 48 hours fast, uh, water fast or 24 hours dry fast. Sometimes I do 24, 48 hours bone broth fast just to get different health benefits, right? One of them for digestion, one of them for, but I'm never fa fasting, never do uh, prolonged fasting or things like that for the weight loss. I mean, I'm in a good shape. Uh, I consistently exercise and I've done those intermediate fasting and nutrition for so many years. So I just enjoy my life and all of those habits, all of those systems that I have in place the whole day is pretty much organized and i just i just absolutely enjoy doing that it's 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 not a dieting anymore for me it's already a lifestyle it's a part of me i changed my identity eventually so 
yeah, that's about it. So obviously my first choice is for someone to fast and not eat anything. But if you are really struggling and you need another solution, I want to tell you about a product that I saw. And when I first saw it, I was like, what in the world? This makes no sense. You can't fast by eating a bar. But I do want you to know that a lot of people kind of get stuck and they need a little bit of a crutch. And we all know that fasting can be a huge challenge because you are A, hungry, you've got to dip in energy. You're going to get hangry at times. And so there is this bar. It's called the fast bar. It's the only bar scientifically formulated for intermittent fasting. It's non-GMO, gluten-free, you know, no soy, no dairy, all those good things. It's keto-friendly. You can use it if you're doing keto, if you're doing low-carb or plant-based or gluten-free, whatever you want to do, it works for. They've got a bunch of different flavors. My favorite is the blueberry acai. So the bars are available at Sprouts, at Fast bar.com and at Amazon. And if you use the code waste away, you'll get an additional 10% off the already discounted products at fastbar.com. So I want to talk about alternate day fasting because there are so many different variations. So like some people might say, when you follow ADF or alternate day fasting, you fast every other day completely. And then the other time you, you know, you eat as you typically would. And it roughly equates to about 36 hours of fasting, 38 hours of fasting. And then maybe you're eating on the days that you're eating in an eight to 10 hour eating window. So for example, maybe on day one, you're eating in a 10 hour eating window or eight hour eating window. And then day two, you're fasting completely, not eating anything. Day three, you're eating regular meals. Day four, you're fasting. Day five, you eat regular meals. You get the picture. Then I've seen other people who go, man, that is just way too challenging to go an entire day without eating anything. So they say, okay, I'm going to do alternate day fasting, but maybe I'm going to eat in an eight or 10 hour eating window day one, then day two, they're going to just do OMAD. So they'll just eat one meal a day. Day three, they eat regular meals. Day four, OMAD. Day five, eat regular meals. Another variation I've seen is day one, they eat regular meals. Day two, they say something like, I'm only eating 500 calories that day, day three, eat regular meals. And then, so there's so many different combinations of different things that people do in that alternate day fasting that kind of changes things up. And I think, again, it's like, you have to kind of decide, try these different things and see kind of work, what works for you and what your body kind of allows you to do, especially with working out. So one of the things you said is, Hey, you're, when you're working out really hardcore, Hey, that's going to be a depletion on your body. And so you do want to be maybe alternating those days or however you want to do it. So it sounds like for you, you're kind of doing more of like eating regular meals than the next day OMAD, then eating regular meals, then the next day OMAD. Is that kind of the routine you're doing a little bit more? Not exactly. You said uh, one day eating a regular meal, another one OMAD. No, I don't do OMAD three times per week. Once in a week, yeah, OMAD. The other days is just a regular day and then just uh, 
16 hours fast, let's say, skipping basically gotcha. just breakfast. So I'm trying to do not do too much of the fastings like I used to do. And I completely agree what you just said, that everybody is different and we're starting at the different level uh, and that we are actually having different goals, depending on the goals, depending on where you're starting. But I always recommend people to listen to their body, to start slowly, whatever, whatever you're trying to accomplish, Based on that, you got to start slowly. You see, you, you mentioned three different kinds of alternate fasting, for example. There are so many kinds of intermediate fasting, so many different kinds of protocols. I always recommend people to start slowly. Just start slowly and do a couple of times a week. Just do a little bit of intermediate fasting. Then see how it goes, how your body looks. Because we need to understand that fasting, it is stress. But it's the uh, same as working out. It is stress. Stress is good for our body when it's not too much. If you fasten right away too much, let's say how people, a lot of the time people do and they're overweight big time and they go on this crazy five day, 10 days fast, dry fast, uh, sorry, water fast or whatever the case might be. I think this stress is too much for the body. I'm not saying you're going to die. There is a lot of people who go in for like a year without food, six months without food. And it's okay because they have a lot of food on their bodies but the point is uh, if you want to find what works for you you get a you gotta got some examples from the people that already have who have the same goals with you and then you start slowly you start implementing them and you see the results uh, i would not recommend right away jump into crazy fast as i said i probably repeat myself but it's that's the main point. It's like we're going uh, and working out first time. Imagine you're never working out. And here I here I am in the gym and I want to do the workout. How most of the people going to do? They're going to hardcore. They're going to kill the body. Two hours, full body, crazily. I don't know. Uh, and then the next day you have soreness. And then you're not really building momentum, this habit. Your body is in a too big stress. It cannot recover. And then next day, your coach says, hey, go again. Again, we're going to kill whatever part of the body. So every day you go in and that's how people usually quit. And because they're starting too fast, too ridiculous, too, too big of the stress that I cannot handle. So same with workouts, same with fasting. Start slowly, pick the way that works for you. And then slowly you can increase it. You can start adding two days of fasting, uh, one day off, just standard meal. Sometimes one meal a day, sometimes just two meal a day. And sometimes you can do prolonged fasting and whatnot. Just find your pace and find based on the your result on your results. Because sometimes not it's not always to push and more gives you more results, right? It's not always no gain, no pain, no gain. Sometimes you need to know when you need to give your body recovery, whether it be stress from the fasting, whether it be stress from workout, whether it's cold shower, whether it's sauna, right? I'm all about the hormesis, about the overcoming the stress and by hacking my body but it's supposed to be done gradually and you you have to enjoy what you're doing if because if you're starving yourself crazily just to get this 100 pounds as fast as possible you're going to break down it's not it's not going to make it last what you can eventually gain is actually binge eating and all the food disorders and whatnot so i would not recommend to jump uh full in too crazy in in well fast in this case with fasting or exercising Hey guys, I'd love for you guys to listen to a podcast that we did about the side effects from wine and the differences between natural wine and traditional wine. So go to ChantelRayway.com slash wine and you'll see transcripts, you'll see some different episodes, but here's the thing. You can get your penny bottle now of dry farm wines and make the decision that if you're going to have wine to make sure you have the most natural, healthy wine in the world with no additives, only natural ingredients, 
all the other wines out there have so much sulfate, so much sugar. Why put that poison in your body? So get your penny bottle now at ChantelRayWay.com slash wine. So I want to really talk about some of these hacks that you talk about and you had mentioned hormesis. And so I want you to explain in an easy way what that is and what are some different things that you do to get there? So first of all, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, I'm all about biohacking my body and fasting and different kinds of fasting is one of the way that you can do. Biohack, to biohack your body basically means bio, biologically increase your energy, increase your, I don't know, body look even, uh, increase your uh, feeling, the wellness, the energy level, the vitality and prolong your life. So uh, for that matter, uh, every day I'm trying to utilize a cold shower in moderation. Again, I started slowly. And it's been, I don't know, already like five years ago since I started doing cold showers. And it's a very, very good stressor when you do it in moderation and properly. I utilize in sauna anytime I can, trying to aim for two, three times per week, but it's not very convenient for me uh, at that point. So not that often. With the cold shower, it's a lot easier for me. And uh, another one is the fasting, of course. Another one is the physical exercises, could be high-intensity interval training, could be uh, could be resistant training, different types of lift- liftings and whatnot. So the point of the hormesis is to put the st- enough stress on your body, not too much. So body always looking, our body is an uh, incredible machine, incredible mechanism that always uh, trying to find this balance, that always trying to go to this sweet spot, uh, which called uh, hormesis. And uh, the hormetic stressor is when we're trying to... Uh, put whatever it might stress be again let's say it's cold shower we're trying to put the cold shower uh utilizing cold shower but we're not trying to go too much to get uh to die um, right if you put too much of the stress with the cold shower you're going to froze yourself you're going to die so it's supposed to be the balanced way and each and every day you're slowly increasing that same at the gym you want to always go and uh, slowly increasing the pressure, increasing the stress for your muscles so they can grow, so they can improve, so you can get the benefits that you're aiming for. So uh, there's plenty of ways. Even the, one of the example of the uh, hormesis and hormetic stress is, for example, is our skin reacts on the sun. We're going on the sun, and sure enough, if you go right away uh, to the uh, I don't know, Thailand sun during the summer, and you're going to spend there on the sun the whole day, you're going to burn yourself out. You're going to get those burns and it's not good. It's not good. It's already going to be too much of the stress. But if you slowly go into the sun and you, your, your body get this adaptation, which is basically going to get more tan, uh, the skin color of the skin going to start changing. Uh, and that's, that's exactly what's hormesis. That's exactly how you're supposed to utilize any stress, uh, stressful environment outside. Hey guys, I'm so excited. My new book, One Meal and a Tasting is out now. And if you order the book on Amazon, just the regular paperback edition, if you go in and make a review, you will get the audio book for free. Send a copy of your receipt to questions at chantelrayway.com and you'll get the audio book right away. Yeah, and and I love when you say, you know, hormesis is when something is basically damaging or toxic in excess, right? But highly beneficial in small doses, right? So like, for example, we all know that exercise is good for us, but if you intensely exercised all day long, that's all you did, that would cause like 
a lot of wear and tear on your body. But if you do short bursts of exercise, like high intensity and interval training, you know, that kind of stress on your body is going to, your body's going to recover and now build you back even stronger than before, right? So weightlifting, you're basically tearing those muscles while you're weightlifting, and then that's turning you to make it stronger. So that's the same with, you know, heat and cold exposure. It's like, if you stayed in the sauna for hours and hours and hours, right? That's going to cause damage to your body, but doing it in small doses, that's actually highly, you know, effective. Same thing. Like you were saying with fasting, if you're fasting way, way out of too long, you know, 21 days, whatever, too, too long, it's not going to be good for your body, but small doses it does. And, and that's when people, you know, that's what I love about fasting because people don't realize that it truly does make your body stronger physically when you are doing fasting in the right periods and in the right dosage. So uh, now let's talk a little bit. I have a question that we have and it's from someone named Martin. And usually they tell me the city, but this one didn't. It says, Chantel, I'm a big fan of your work. I have a 37 year old son that I'm very distressed about. He weighs 320 pounds and is six foot one. I'm very worried about him from a health standpoint. My doctor advised me that it's best not to suggest losing weight, that he will do it when he is ready. I pray to God, but do not have an answer. I would appreciate any guidance or suggestions you might have. Diabetes and heart disease run in both sides of his family. Thanks for the good work you do, Martin. So what would you, how would you respond to that? It's a great question that uh, I would usually recommend. You see, I, I completely agree with that doctor who said, don't push your son to lose weight because when you force in those things that usually never work, it's uh, never going to be a joyful journey for him. At first, he need to uh, get to the point where the pain of not taking action would be so massive that for him it's going to be easier to already start working out, start uh, implementing nutrition and whatnot. So, but, but at first, it's all starting in the head, I believe. Uh, it again comes down to your states and to your uh, to your emotions and of course to your belief system. So first of all, that I would recommend uh, to this lady and her uh, 37 years old son is to start slowly showing success stories of people who who've been that much overweight, who've been as close as possible to his experience, meaning uh, as close as possible to the age, like 37, 30, 40 years old. Um, maybe uh, living in the same area or whatever, trying to start showing the success stories that he might start slowly get uh, this belief back and rolling that, hey, maybe even I can uh, possibly do that. So that would be probably the, be the best way to go. Because you see, if if her son or if you don't believe you can do it, that's true. And if you believe you can do it, that's true as well. So First thing, he need to understand that he can do it and uh, he actually want it. And after that, of course, would be step number one. Number two is to create your goal, specific goal or what you want to accomplish. How do your body going to look like? What's weight you want to lose? How you want to feel inside? And then the next step would be link as much as you possibly can uh Pain and pleasure, meaning utilizing pain and pleasure for your own advantage. Like marketers already doing it for so many years and uh, all our life, everything we do in life is about pain and pleasure. 
at that moment that uh, her son, which is 37 years old, he has a lot of pleasure linked maybe to the junk food, let's say. So he is utilizing that. And he doesn't have a, a too much enough pain to stop doing that. If you would able to properly link a lot of the pleasure to, let's say, for example, working out, and there is lots of way you can do that, uh, or you will link a lot of pleasure to uh, set your goals, accomplish your goals and move towards that. I don't know, maybe if you, for example, your goal is to lose weight because now if you lose weight, you're going to get the girl that you wanted uh, for so many years or would be the better job opportunity. I don't know what's for him would be, but he need to find that goal. But uh, again, at the same time, it's going to be impossible for him to make this goal. If he's not going to believe to begin with that it's possible that he can manage to achieve that goal. Uh, he's probably right now in a dark place and I've never been overweight that much, but I've been in the places where I can I just worried, anxiety, fear, uh, slow self-esteem. That's probably where he is right now. And he doesn't even believe anything possible in that. If you slowly start introducing those, I don't know, successful stories here and there, different transformation, different things, it might sparkle, motivate, inspire a little bit. It can be different YouTube videos, different coaching and whatnot but that's the first uh, the first way that i would recommend in, for her in this case you're not pushing too much uh and you're not forcing forcing not gonna help he need to wake up on his uh, on his own he need to realize that yes i do have a problem and i have the uh capacity to actually break through this uh, food addiction or whatever the case might be yeah i think that for me i wouldn't like push it. Obviously you do, they have to make that decision for themselves, but I do think it's good to be able to, in a really kind and loving way, per, kind of say, Hey, I'd love, you know, maybe you share some of the podcast, uh, with him, share some of yours, Alex. I know you've got a fantastic podcast and say, you know, I'd love for you to start listening to this and just saying things like, I love you so much and I care about you so much that for me, I know that there's going to be so many health issues. We know that if you are overweight in any sense, you are going to have some health consequences for that. And I want you to live a really long time. And so you have to do that on your own time, but would you be willing to listen to and find some different episodes that really resonate with you and send those to him? Because for you not to say anything, I don't think it's the right thing to do for you to be pushy, pushy, like you need to lose weight. Why aren't you losing weight? That's not the right thing to do. It's got to be right there in the middle of showing love and kindness and saying, I love you so much. And I want to be there to support you, whether that's, you know, Alex does some amazing coaching, maybe signing him up with a coaching plan with him. You know, that would be a super nice gift. But again, he has to want to do it because if he just does it begrudgingly, you know, it's not going to work. Yeah, exactly. Completely agree with you on that. Hey guys, I really want you to join our intermittent fasting and OMAD Facebook group. We're doing tons of giveaways right now for posting your before and after pictures. And just for posting a question in there, we're giving away free protein shakes, some digest aid, all kinds of fun stuff. So please join our intermittent fasting and OMAD Facebook group. The link is in the show notes. So let's talk a little bit about nutrition for just a second, because I think it really is 
just such an important piece. And I want you to talk about what it do you advise your clients on what is a fantastic nutrition plan for people to be feeling like a million bucks? Yeah, so generally speaking, I'm following ketogenic lifestyle, uh, but I don't do uh, it always, meaning I usually go for the keto for three months on the keto and then maybe three, four weeks of the keto. Now, that doesn't mean I binge eat or I just go crazy on a uh, McDonald's or whatever. I do it healthy. I do carb cycling. And that's most of the time that I recommend to my clients, but only if they really like this lifestyle. Because again, remember, it doesn't matter I'm working with myself or with the client or just sharing advice on my podcast or whatever. I want you to stick to the meal plan. Of course, I have generalized meal plan where meaning I know what food is healthy, what's not, but eventually uh, I want you to enjoy the food that you ate. And uh, basically, um, basically, even the when we're talking about keto, you see not all keto is created equal. Same, not all vegetarian or vegan created equal. Uh, it might be very, very harmful uh, if you don't know how to follow that. For example, I have a couple of principles that I apply and uh, there is some kind of foods that I know obviously are going to be good for everybody. Let's say it's olives, let's say it's avocado, uh, things like that would be on any meal plan, would uh, would be a great addition to any meal plan. But uh, but at the same time, I notice if something is suffering, if, if, if one of my clients going on a keto, let's say, and they just for whatever reason, even if they do the healthy one, they just don't like it. They don't want to give up uh, their carbs. No problem. In this case, we still can introduce uh not sweets, sweets is better stick, uh, still uh, keep it uh, uh, without sugar, uh, just healthy keto or paleo ones, uh, obviously. But uh, you can add some uh, buckwheat, you can add some uh, some potato or some rice a little bit in some cases. So those are pumpkin, a great uh, source of the carbs, uh, which th- that's exactly what I'm usually following that I'm off my keto, that I'm doing carb cycling. I usually dive into those foods. And at the same time, you need to understand that not all foods are created equal. Not each calorie, uh, let's say calorie, 100 calories from avocado would be completely different, uh, metabolized differently in your body compared to 100 grams of the, let's say cake, chocolate cake. So at the same time, uh, I I don't want my clients or just people in general st- stick uh, be very strictly with that. But obviously, avoiding processed foods is like no brainer, right? Uh, keep uh, dairy in moderation, and uh, I'm not against dairy completely. I love dairy, but it does have some opioids in it. I mean, uh, the additive uh, addictive parts and dairy by itself. The uh, I'm talking about everything but butter. Butter is way to go for me every single day. I'm trying to eat grass-fed, grass-finished butter. But when it comes to the uh, creamer, when it comes to the milk, whatever you keto or not, again, when it comes to different kind of dairy, uh, cottage cheese or sour uh, sour cream, whatever, um, although they are tasty, I'm trying to keep them in moderation or avoid as much as I can. Because first of all, uh, the casein protein that in all of the dairy, uh, it's not going to be good for your body. It's uh, been linked to a lot of the inflammation processes in the body. And I did notice when I'm consuming dairy uh, a lot, I, I feel more like bloating. I feel more inflammation going in my body. And same, uh, same all the people also reported to me uh, same things. So basically, 
eat whole foods. Uh, I'm not, a, again, I'm keto guy, right? You can say, uh, but uh, I'm not against fruits. Although if you are trying to do not only healthy lifestyle, but also lose weight and keep it off lifelong, I would recommend to uh, not cut them completely, but definitely eat them in moderation because fructose metabolizes completely differently compared to standard carb. Let's say you eat a buckwheat, right? It's a standard carb. It's a simple glucose. And what it does, it goes to your muscle and gets stored as a glycogen. So you can use, you can walk, you can lift, and you can just basically burn it. With fructose, uh, burn it. But with fructose uh, coming from fruits, it doesn't really work this way. Our body can metabolize at a given moment. Our liver can metabolize maybe 40, 30 grams of fructose. And so if you go and eat one kilogram of apples, it's not going to be good for your liver. Uh, and it's uh, going to, again, metabolize those 30 grams of fructose and everything else will be start storing straight as a fat where the standard glucose, the sugar itself going to be burned by your body and stored as a glycogen in the muscle. So again, those are a couple of principles. Uh, cut the dairy because of the, mostly because of the pro, casein protein and it's inflammatory. Uh, then uh, eat in moderation, the fructose, different fruits. Don't eat processed foods. I mean, that one is obvious, uh, obvious one. Whole foods is always going to be the best way to go. The vegetables, uh, some of them is, can be eat raw and other ones it's better to cook uh, because again, they might be having some inflammatory cytokines leaking to your body. I'm getting too nerdy, but the point is there is a healthy way and the healthy way of eating is different for different. I've been studying the topic for over eight years and what's healthy for me might not be healthy for another person and, and so forth. Eventually, what I recommend my clients when we already nailed down the plan perfectly, then I wanted them to say how it's, well, because we're adjusting it all the time every week. I wanted them to say to me, how do they feel on this meal plan? Because again, we have different allergies reaction and our body metabolizes different foods differently. If for me, let's say again, it's hypothetically, avocado is perfect food and I consume that and I feel good. For you, it might be bloating, gassy or some other thing, indigestion, or you might have not good sleep and things like that. So the best way is, of course, to do the blood work and uh, to test your food sensitivities. Uh, so th that's what I usually recommend. And that's what I usually stuck or stick for myself as well. Yeah, I think the best question that we all need to ask ourselves over and over is how am I going to feel after I eat this and whatever that is, like you said, because for me, I know, you know, like I love dairy and I've really gotten to the place now that I don't eat gluten every once in a blue moon, I will eat it maybe once a year. And then I feel so terrible that I just won't do it again, um, for about another year. <laughs> um, so, but again, like I have to constantly ask myself, like when I eat dairy, my body is gets inflamed. My backs, you know, I I've never had any back issues ever. And all of a sudden I, I guess at the gym did something and I hurt my back. And when I eat dairy, all of a sudden my back starts hurting again, or I can tell my wrist will start hurting or my hand right here will start getting a little bit inflamed. It's just all these different things add up when I eat it. And so if we can ask that question and go, how am I going to feel when the, when I eat this? 
And is it really worth it? And then getting to the mindset of saying, no, it's not. So let's let's talk about that mindset for just a second. Let's say that someone maybe like me, that's like, okay, they know they feel terrible when they eat dairy. They know they feel terrible when they eat gluten, but somehow, you know, the devil's in their ear going, oh, you know, you want it. So let's talk about some mindset principles for just a second. This is incredible, incredible question. I absolutely love this one because uh, it also uh, touched me in a big, in a big way again. So that was the talking inside of you and saying, "Hey, you can eat me." Or again, mm-hmm. I already mentioned about about pain and pleasure. I already mentioned about the power of pain and pleasure. And usually, when it comes to food, the pleasure is right here. Imagine this cake or this bready deliciousness that's is a warm piece of bread or whatever you liking and you want to eat it because the pain is somewhere far right the pain is of over of feeling bad is would come to you maybe after the meal the pain of overweight it doesn't come right away it's going to be someday so since the pain is someday i'm going to be overweight someday but the pleasure is right here you already picturing how you eating that with your focus you already you're already uh, imagining how you're gonna, how it's gonna feel, how it's gonna use us, and that's exactly uh, what we gotta break through uh, by utilizing our mental focus. Anytime you notice thinking about the food that you definitely know not going to be good, you have to absolutely link a mass of pain right away. Meaning you have to link that something's gonna happen not good for you right now. For example, you can imagine your, um, I don't know, for different people works different things. If I would like to eat something bad, I imagine my arteries uh, going with this atherosclerosis and whatnot and all of this yellow thing and blood there. So I'm trying to, (laughs) sorry for talking that crazy stuff, but the point is to imagine something that's going to wake you up right away. You have to link a lot of pain that's going to happen right now. For example, if I eat Again, I'm going to share one of my crazy, again, example, what I imagine and I'm trying to be transparent. So if I, I try to eat the bad food or overeat, if my, I, I, uh, I, with my focus, with my mental focus, I catch that thought. I would imagine this food and I would imagine consuming that and right away I'm losing two of my hats, uh, sorry, two of my legs. Right away, now I'm, that's it, I don't have legs and I'm going to live right away from this moment if i eat that one i'm going to live my entire life without two two of my legs so that's create right away a lot of pain and and after that uh, i want to link a lot of pleasure of taking action meaning of not eating that food i imagine in myself that of course i have legs already right i'm imagining myself if i say no to that food that i absolutely know is not going to serve me when i say no i imagine in myself uh, fulfilling one of my most excited goal, for example. For example, I'm imagining like I'm buying this beautiful house to my mom. So I say no to the food and this feeling. The point is you have to see it in your mind. You have to visualize. You have to mentally rehearse it. But the point is you have to absolutely feel. You have absolutely feel the pleasure of saying no to that demon voice or whatever the case might be to this food or to the overeating. It can be linked to different uh, things. And yeah, basically utilizing the pain and the pleasure the right way. And again, just to sum things up, if you want to get consumed this piece of chocolate, link a lot of pain and only you know what's painful for you uh, the most. I cannot, uh, I can just give the examples that I use, but only you know what's really going to be very, very painful for you. You have to visualize it that it's happened right now. 
the way that you don't want to eat it. And if you say no to that food, I want you to link enormous amount of pleasure for yourself. Uh, maybe imagining yourself on the beach already with this body that you want, the most desired goal or whatever. You have to feel it. Uh, and in this case, it's going to be a lot easier to break through through this pattern, through these limiting beliefs. And, and it's going to move you forward towards your goals. Mm, I That's love what I'm realizing. That. And, you know, the thing is, I think people don't realize that in life, it's really about 80% of any achievement is always down to the mindset and 20% is down to the mechanics. So if you want to lose weight, 80% of achieving that goal depends on you having the right mindset and only 20% is the part where you go, okay, you know, this is the system is what they say, because it's like, this is what I'm going to accomplish. But if you've got the plan, but your mindset is wrong, you're not going to be able to achieve it. It's just not possible. Yeah, exactly. That's what I usually utilize in with myself and with the people that I work. I work most of the time on the emotions, on the emotional states and on the mindset. We definitely spend a lot of time changing those beliefs, changing those voices. And instead of them putting more empowering beliefs that actually driving us towards our goals, because you see life is life. It happens. And uh, not all the time. You might jump on the whatever meal plan, whatever diet, whatever exercise routine and five day, first five day, everything is awesome. But then something happens, something uh, external or internal. Those voices start talking, hey, you're not good enough. How many weight loss programs you've tried uh it's never going to work you're not good enough this and that you never follow through and in this uh in these moments it's really important to uh, to remind yourself who you truly are uh and change your state in an instant with your uh, physiology with your focus to focus on your goals to focus on the pain of not following through and the pleasure of following through because you 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 got it really really correct. The strategy, the how to part, is only twenty percent of success. Because you see, the truth and reality is, you might eat this, you might pick different diets, different exercise routines, they still succeed them if you completely uh, believe in yourself. If you have this uh, unstoppable faith inside yourself that you're gonna find the way, no matter what diet, no matter it's gonna work eventually. But if you have this sabotaging uh, self, uh, self-talk inside your head, then you're not going to make anything in life. And it doesn't matter. Is it just uh, about your health, about your weight loss, nutrition, or it might be business. It might be any area of your life. So I, I'm sure 80% of the success in life, in anything, in achieving results in any areas of life, life it's your psychology, it's your mindset. And 20% is mechanics, it's how-to, it's your strategy. All right. This next question is from Janet and I think it's in Reno, but I can't, it's the way she's got it on here is confusing. So, um, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'll, this goes right to what we're talking about. I want to be able to link the pain to the habit that I want to overcome. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts on mindset, and I really want to take this to a new level. I want to thank you for your book, One Meal and a Tasting. I've already lost 30 pounds and only have 20 more to go. I've been trying to visualize and imagine how it would feel to be fitter and healthier than I am now. I want to be able to take pictures and posters and I do that. And I have a picture of a really hot girl in a really nice bikini, 
on my dresser. I want to remind myself of the body that I want. And I don't like that. I don't feel good with my husband when he wants to sleep with me and when I'm in a bathing suit. And so I have to constantly put that in my mind, but somehow I still can't lose that last 20 pounds. What advice do you have for me? Well, she didn't, Jeanette, I believe, didn't mention the exact habit that she want to overcome. She just said she'd been using pain and pleasure to uh, link a lot of pain, avoiding some uh, negative behavior. I'm not sure which exactly behavior. Uh, can you see if she said maybe is it junk food? Is it junk food or overeating or not exercising or no yeah, I, I didn't. It's a it's a very long email. Very long Sometimes one. when they when they do like a really long email, I kind of condense it down. So um, but she didn't say what it I don't know that she said exactly what it is. OK, so it doesn't matter. Actually, let's, let's say it this way. I, I know we already touched quite a while here in this call about the pain and pleasure. And the point is, she said she already trying to link pain to this behavior so she would stop the only one reason she keep on doing that uh, keeps on doing that behavior is because she didn't really link in a lot of pain uh what i would recommend is to follow tony robbins the deacon's pattern it's actually a paid program so she's probably not going to find it but the 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 point is, I would really on her spot, I would sit down and maybe for one hour, I would allocate one hour that nobody going to bothers me. And I would close my eyes and I would literally start putting myself in the future 20 years from now if uh, I'm not going to achieve uh, that goal. What if I'm going to keep being like that? I would ask those questions. I would try to create as much pain as possible. I would try to create, hey, how is going to be uh, at that point, my relationship with husband already kind of uh, not very good, right? Because I don't feel uncomfortable uh, with him at the times in my bathing suit. So what is going to create, uh, how I'm going to look in my bathing suit in five years from now, if I'm not going to change this behavior, maybe it's overeating, maybe it's a uh, junk food eating or whatever the case might be. And I would be literally imagining myself staring, staying with my eyes closed in, in, front, of, in front of the uh, mirror and see how my body going to look. I'm going to link as much pain as possible. I would ask how I'm going to feel about that. How is my relation? How is going to affect if I'm not going to change this behavior? If not, I'm not going to change this habit, uh, this limiting belief. How is my relationship with husband going to be affected? Then I'm going to think, how about my health? And I'm going to just predict my life uh, if not following through. If not, if I'm not going to change this behavior, I'm going to link to five years result, 10 years and 20 years result based on everything. How is my kids going to uh, gonna think? What, what are my kids going to think about me if I'm not able to follow them through? How I'm going to feel? What is my self-esteem? And I'm going to be more confident or less confident if I'm going to keep on doing this behavior or beliefs. And I, the only one thing why people actually doing something is because, again, she, she subconsciously link a lot of pleasure of doing something. I don't know what's that the habit again, but she links too much pleasure of doing that and not enough pain of uh, uh, of, of following through and breaking through this addiction. So she got to allocate a really good time and really get greedy into those questions and really feel them. Because if she's not going to feel, if she's just going to uh, rationalize there and not going to get into that, it's not going to work. Uh, again, the same example that I was saying with this food, with this piece of chocolate that right now, the, the pleasure is right here, right? So you indulge in that and the pain, it would be somewhere. Someday I will get uh, weight. But if you link pain right now, that is going to happen right now. For example, you imagine that your husband will quit, uh, will 
divorce you right this moment if you eat this cake and you really believe in that and you link this pain and at the same time you link a lot of pleasure to hey if i say no to this cake or again whatever the behavior might be overeating uh, not doing exercise if i say no and i'm gonna actually follow through you feel you feel how you look in your this bathing suit she mentioned and you really have to feel it. You have to picture the way you walk on the beach, the way your husband look at you or other men look at you, the way your kids saying, hey, mom, we're so proud of you. Way to go. Wow. You inspired us to, I don't know, to do better in the university or in the school. So um, only she knows what exactly inspired her and where she linked pain and pleasure. I mean, uh, I, I can just give this couple of examples and but uh, uh, cannot get get too too deep into that because I, I don't really know her situation. Yeah, that's great advice. Well, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for being with us today. Tell listeners where they can find you and where they can follow you. Okay, so two best ways to find me is to go to my YouTube channel and my my podcast show. And the name of both are the same. It's The Body Mastery with Alex Yegorov. Uh, Alex Yegorov, which is uh, Y-E-H-O-R-O-V. Now, the uh, even better way to connect with me is to actually go to biohackbody.com. And uh, I do help uh, people. I work with people one-on-one, helping them lose weight, create the body they deserve, and things like that, improve health. Uh, and you can find more there uh, on the biohackbody.com. There is, if there is a good fit and if the, you will fill up the form, maybe we will jump on the call and let's see how it goes. Awesome. You guys stay tuned. We've got another episode coming up in just a few. Bye-bye for now. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.